I am. It's 8.36 a.m. Saturday, May the 26th, 2018. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane <laughs> Show. Episode 251 in a collector's series. Sorry. That's, I stole that joke. I stole that joke. Well, I haven't my, heard it before. My good so friend it's... Luke Burbank from TBTL, one of my favorite podcasts in all the world. So, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's kind of cool this morning. It is cool. Yeah, I like that. I like cool In weather. a temperature sense. Yes, cool in a, in a temperate, uh, temperature, uh, temporary, uh, yeah, temporal... Yeah, I, uh, I had to put on my slippers. Tempestuous... Uh, I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Tempering... Uh, <laughs> tempo. Ah, ham and eggs. <laughs> That's what we got. <laughs> what we got going on here, here in America. It's Memorial Day weekend, and... Uh, there's all kinds of, you know, fabulous, extravagant uh, festivities going on in the out in the <laughs> in the wide parts of the world of things, people, and we're hunkered down. We're just gonna stay home. Take it easy. I think that we're celebrating Memorial Day really well this year. Well, because... in a, yeah, in a in our own kind of. Obscure and uh, kind of folksy way. Memorial Day is supposed to be a remembrance for everyone who has died in the American Armed Forces. And the holiday, originally known as Decoration Day, started after the Civil War to honor the Union and Confederate dead. But I think that what has happened over time is that Memorial Day has become more of a... uh, Memorial for people who have passed yeah. in general, not just the military folk. Right. 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 And this morning we've been talking about. We were talking about funerals and we were talking about graveyards. Yeah. And we were talking about because Philip Roth passed away this week. I lost my friend uh, Don Glenn, who was a, a moving force in the music community here in Seattle for 40 years or so. Uh, organized and uh, staged the Seattle Peace Concerts every summer, starting back in the 80s, I believe, and uh, they're still ongoing. Sundays in the park, and, you know, they'd be at Gasworks Park or Volunteer Park or uh, Golden Gardens or, you know, someplace like that, and I got to play probably at 10 or 12 of those over the years, and uh, he was a good guy, very peaceful man who... uh, you know, that was his whole thing. Seeing peace, being peace, that kind of thing. So Thinking that peace could be generated through music, too, and right. community. Sure. Which, which we much believe happened. entirely. Yeah, and he, he made that kind of, he manifested that over and over again during his lifetime. So, good man. Glad I got to know him. Yeah, I never knew Philip Roth, but I did like his writing. There was an interview uh, uh, with Terry Gross on Fresh Air with Philip Roth that he was talking about uh, cemeteries and they were discussing kind of the whether cemeteries have gone out of fashion or not. 
in contemporary culture. Obviously, they had not for Philip Roth, who was, I think, in his 70s when, they, when Terry Gross was interviewing him. And, and uh, So that got Diane and I talking about it. Because, you know, it's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. <laughs> and uh, a lot of things going on. And uh, I had a, a unique and profound musical experience this week of my own. And Diane was along for that. And, uh, I don't know, just kind of, they, there's a lot of resonant stuff going on, right? There is. Well, you know, it's interesting because I had, for my 60th birthday party, had a let's have dinner and talk about death group that I had spoken about long ago. And I Long sort of, ago, way back at your 60th birthday, way <laughs> well, back. It's there. been a couple Whoa, years. Boy, oh boy, it's like I can barely even remember. Well, it was in last week. Well, it was, yeah. I think you I know. was still uh, in diapers at the time. <laughs> and what do you know? I'm in diapers again. No, I'm just kidding. But I may be a <laughs> I just, I love the concept of it and... Uh, and I just think that people don't talk about death enough. And, and so this morning, I was watching a, a posting that Chad Peterson put up where an Irish person was talking about the ways that funerals and, well, actually wakes. Yeah, Irish wakes. Irish wakes took place. And he was saying if you just have seen them in the movies. They're nothing like that. And he was talking about the the significance of them and what they were doing to help a person accept the grief that was upon them. And how it was... I really liked the idea that they... He was saying that there were 12 people who would gather around the bedside of someone who was dying and there would be a call chant and response um, from the chief keeners mm-hmm. uh, of the group that would actually cradle the person as they were dying. And it was talking about a lot of uh, folk wisdom, I think, that people had uh, at one point. And the thing that also impressed me about the video, which I might post with our show just so people could see it because it's really worthwhile to see but I also like that he said that as people would come up to the the principal bereaved and there would be many people who would come out for a wake Mm. um, and a funeral but he said that even though his father was an ordinary man that 300, 400 people would come to the funeral and they all would come and shake the person's hand Shake the hands of the principal bereaved. Yes. Yes. Shake the hands of the principal bereaved and say, I'm sorry for your trouble. And the man was basically saying, once you've had that 300, 400 times, what they're really saying is they're dead. They're dead. They're dead. And that it would help with your acceptance of that loss. So... uh, it really was interesting timing because of your experience or our experience, but uh, you had mentioned how important this experience of being with your... My cousin. 
my cousin Mary Lee, who was my double cousin. Yeah. Um, she had a stroke on Mother's Day, and uh, for a while it, it looked like she might be able to be rehabilitated and, and things like that, but it's uh, has not has not turned out that way. Uh, she's 88 years old, and I've been concerned her older brother John passed away about a month ago and uh, he and she and my mother are kind of the last three uh, of their generation I've explained this several times before but my mother's father's brother married my mother's mother's sister (laughs) and so my mom is related to John and Mary Lee both through her mother and through her father which is why they are called double cousins. And I, I was speaking with my double cousin, Eric, uh, this week, and he, was, he brought up that term, and I hadn't... If I had heard it before, I'd not remembered it. Because it always occurred to me, so they, she's, they're more than just cousins, because, you know, they're related through both, their, both of their parents, not just one of their parents, you know. And, and so Eric brought it up as double cousins. And that he and I are therefore double second cousins or something, you know. But these are the only, uh, the Landerholms are really the only extended family of my age that I knew as a child growing up. And uh, we would see them, you know, once or twice a year. And uh, there was always, I don't know, it was, a, it was an amazing kind of relationship to be uh, around these people throughout my childhood because they're great people. And uh, in the last 10 years or so, when we get when we get together as children, it was like the girls would all hang out together and all the boys would hang out together. So I was always out playing football with the guys and getting, you know, getting ground into the dirt <laughs> because I'm just not very athletic. And, oh. and all of them were. So my dad and I at the football games would kind of be... We'd play for a little while, then we'd kind of <laughs> say, "We're just gonna, we're just gonna watch, <laughs> you know, or something." And it was always just fun. And 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 my cousins were all they'd all go out, you know, hunting together and stuff like that. And and I was never part of that, but it was always so fascinating to see these people and to be around them through the years. And so we kind of grew up around each other, kind of peripherally. And uh, but in the last ten since you and I have been together, and I've been back here in on the wet side of the state and playing music and stuff, uh, Mary Lee started coming to my concerts. And according to Anne, my, the youngest of my double cousins, <laughs> uh, Mary Lee just wanted to come to my shows all the time and would have come to a lot more of them if she could have arranged it. And she needed transportation and stuff like that. So Anne or her granddaughter Sarah would end up being that transportation to bring Mary Lee to my shows. Anyway. All of this leading up to the fact that after Mary Lee had her stroke, uh, it became part of the conver- the ongoing conversation between myself and my cousins that I should bring my guitar and play for Mary Lee. And uh, you know, for in my it was a very confusing thing in my head because I was like, is this something I, I want to do this for Mary Lee, but I want to do it for me too. You know, it was like some kind of a something. I don't know what it was. I didn't. I still don't know how to articulate particularly what the motivation was, but the but the cousins were all in favor of it, especially Anne, because they were listening to my recordings and stuff like that, and had him at the hospital, and 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 uh, Mary Lee really seemed to enjoy listening to the 
the music. So anyway, I got to go do that on Thursday this week. Um, and I arranged it so uh, my sister drove from her house in Tacoma up to where my mom lives in Hansville. Uh, my mom's partner, Milt, brought my sister and my mom down to the ferry dock at Kingston, and they rode the ferry across. They walked onto the ferry and rode it across to Edmonds here. I picked them up in Edmonds, and then we drove down to the university and picked up Diane, and we headed over to Issaquah to Mary Lee's place. And uh, my cousin Eric was there, my cousin John was there, my cousin Anne was there, my mom and my sister and Diane and Mary Lee. And I got to play music for Mary Lee. And it was clear that Mary Lee was enjoying it. She's, it's like she's stuck in her body um, at this point, but she, the, all the lights are still on. And, uh, but she can't swallow. Uh, so she cannot take nourishment. So she's in hospice and uh, probably will not be around much longer. And it became probably one of the m most significant uh, musical experiences of my life. Just to have the opportunity to, to, to do that. I was nervous the couple of days before. I was feeling kind of run down and like I didn't really feel like playing my guitar much and stuff like that and I was wondering in my mind what is the I was trying to figure out what my motivation was here and you know I knew I wanted to do this for her and I knew that I wanted to do it for me and for the rest of the family but it was kind of like all the it was all a jumble in my head until I got in the room and suddenly it was extremely easy and uh it felt like a direct uh, connection between myself and Mary Lee, and it was very powerful for me uh, to be, uh, and it felt like a, like I was the one being given the gift, like I was, I was the one receiving the, the benefit. Uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true, but, but it felt in the moment like, you know, there was, there was just a lot of energy in that room. And, uh, there was indeed. I don't know that Eric or John had ever heard me perform live before. Uh, so it was, it was just nice. It felt good. It felt just right. And I, I realized part of what the, the release was when I got in the room, I realized at that point that I had been, part of my feeling for the couple of days leading up to it was, that I was afraid I wouldn't make it in time. Um, so, anyway, great sense of fulfillment in that moment. And I got to play for Mary Lee some of the songs that I've been writing most recently, which, you know, seem to have a lot to do with death. <laughs> or at least... But in a cheerful uh, way. I know, in a cheerful kind of way. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about death as the climactic event of life that it's what everything leads to it's yeah. like it's like we're we have all these years to prepare for it and uh so the idea that it is has been de uh, kind of demonized or uh, relegated into a kind of uh, adversarial stance uh with everything else that comes before it uh, seems kind of strange and i think as i get older 
my ideas about it are shifting in what feels like a fairly natural kind of evolutionary way. Uh, because I think it, as you get older, you do have to change your ideas about it. You have to change your relationship with the idea of your life ending because, uh, you know, you're a lot closer to that end than you are to the other. And so it becomes something that you have to reckon with um, on some level, no matter what you're thinking about it has been up to that point. And it, I really am fascinated in an ongoing way with how, how a person's thoughts change when they, when they get to different ages, you know. It's like we have this, I don't know if there's something in us that makes us think we have to cling to our philosophies and our ideas that we've carried with us and that, and that you know, no, this is what I believe and this is what I've always thought. And, you know, you know for me it's been like, you know, that's all become very fluid and, and it seems more natural for it to be fluid than for it to be uh, to be concretized somehow, you know, and unchanging. And uh, so it's a it's a it's a huge set of ideas and factors uh, that have all been kind of um, swirling around in my head, but coming out in my songs in uh, surprising kind of ways. So, and this. Uh, this week has been kind of a um, manifestation or kind of a a uh, a real life display of the way all those different ideas are coming into being. Wow, that was very eloquent, Bill. Gee. It was very eloquent. <laughs> it sounded like I was going. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. <laughs> Death and taxes. You. Boy, that's good coffee. But it's not—it's not that it's sad, but it's like this, this joyous kind of sadness, you know. Like being with my cousins in that room, I was so happy to be with them. I can't remember when I have been happier to be with family and to have my mom and my sister and to have you there. It was just—it just felt absolutely luxurious it was like god what a gift to be able to just be in this space well, with that's this what I was... with mary lee who is still very was still very much with us uh, you know and everything that was going on there and i don't know it just uh... well and that's why i was mentioning that i thought that that cradling her into death mm-hmm. i felt that way during that day. And the, the thing that is so fascinating when you are ha- having this experience outside of a hospital where you're in a room with people. You're in a home. You're in a home. Yeah. Is that we had conversations with different people, be, you know, and, uh, until you were playing. Uh, there were different pairings of different people talking of people who hadn't seen each other for a long time i remember that your mom came up to john and said so tell me what's been happening for for all of your life (laughs) but uh for me you know i'm a relative newcomer to this group although i fell in love with mary lee the first time i met her she is just a a kindred spirit for me and I really felt very accepted into her family and 
uh, always felt like she liked to have me around. But I've just really felt so much like these are my family in a way that only people who are of kindred spirits can do. Uh, because, you know, family is, is who you accept as your family, really. Yeah. Um, but having the conversations that surround an event like that, it's amazing. It's what I live for. Those kind of really powerful, intimate conversations about, uh, for example, Eric and uh, Eric and I were in a very deep conversation about the dreams we had that surrounded uh, people who had died because their father died when they were quite young. Yeah. Um, in their twenties. Yeah, their dad was forty nine, I think, when he died. And then you had come over and started talking about uh, the the three of you were talking about the day they were older. You know that you all had that same experience of of how strange it was to be older than your parents ever were. Hmm. And I was thinking, would you ever have a conversation like that if the matter at hand was not? this you know would you ever get to have that kind of intimacy just if you were meeting at some even a wedding or another significant time that brings everybody together in a family so I felt very blessed to be there and especially because I have not been around these people all my life but I've been around them the last 10 years and have, well, I I never really got to know Erica John. But it's amazing how quickly you can become close to people just from being in, in a room with them uh, in that situation. Yeah. And and as I am doing this morning, I mean, I noticed my, my very nasal conversation here. I've been weeping but not weeping tears of grief it's like uh tears of intimacy yeah. you know the this feeling of the power that life can have when you go deep with people yeah. and it just it's amazing how big it can all get it, it's very large uh bowl of emotion you know it's a big big deep sink and it's not a bad place to hang out and when i went to talk to mary lee i i kind of hung back for a while because i first of all i i thought maybe she won't recognize me i want everybody else who's family to be able to to meet with her uh, first and and also there were other people coming through Uh, uh one of her cousins came in uh, there was a friend who was there when we first got there. So there were a lot of people streaming through. And then when I came up, I, you know what? I just think of her eyes. Her eyes were like radiant orbs is all I could say. Yeah. Um, her, her face was kind of frozen in, a, in whatever state the stroke allows her to be in. But... Uh, but her eyes were so alive, and I just 
felt like I got a chance to tell her what her presence has meant to me, which is considerable for a person who I didn't see that much. Right, right. And uh, I... I just have such wonderful memories of, particularly of uh, of the time that you went out to play at the at their retirement uh, facility. It's called Bellwood. It's out in Isquah. Which is it's a beautiful facility. <clears throat> it is a nice place. And Lovely it's, gardens it's... around, and and when you were playing there, uh, she had us down to her table at for a little dinner and and uh what a treat that was and i remember her sitting next to me and just chatting with me like i was you know like a girlfriend of hers and that's the thing that i always love about age is you never feel any difference you know i i just my friend Susie gray when we would get together we'd giggle like schoolgirls, you know but it was so lovely to be able to just tell her how much I loved her. Yeah. So a pretty resonant week. And we have a song for you, too. Yeah, the song... Uh, so this is a group that is... I don't even know that they're still existing. They were uh, a group from Portland, Oregon. And I saw them when I went to see... Dave Carter and Tracy Grammer. And uh, they were the opening act, and I just love them. They were very... What's, uh, what's the name of the group? Misty River. Misty River. And they were very buoyant, the very exciting uh, as a live performance. And this particular song is taken from one of their live performances. Cool. And the reason why I was thinking about it was because of the last part of the song, and you'll see why, I think. This is a special love song for all the young people in the world. Here's hoping someone kind watches over each and everyone. Because in every Part us and leave this world behind. 
special love song 